If you're watching this, then I'm already dead. This property comes with a special tenant. You're the one thing that stands between our and the outside world. You're joking. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Iris. We shouldn't be here. What is she? She has the power to bring back the dead. I want to see her. Money's really no object. <laughs> Hey guys, and welcome back to the first official 2024 Schlock and Awe Quickie Review. As always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. And what better to start a new year of reviews with a February horror movie? Yay! This time around, we will be talking of the new British horror movie, Baghead. Directed by Alberto Corridor, which is based on a, I want to say, 2017 short movie, short film that he made, also called Baghead. This movie is starring, which is Frere Allen, Bridgerton's Ruby Baker, Jeremy Irvine, the great actually Peter Mullen. I and I was about to say, I've never. This is the first thing I've seen the majority of this cast in. Uh, Peter Mullen who, if you've never seen Tyrannosaurus from 2011, it's directed by Patty Constantine. It is fantastic. Go watch that. Um, if you're not guessing the tone of this review already. And it is out in cinemas everywhere. And Or if you're listening and want a really good... Uh, shl- Actually, I don't even know this is schlocky enough. Movie for rental, it will be in a few, probably a few weeks. So, Baghead. No, surprisingly, not about Jason in Friday the 13th Part 2, which is also always referred as Baghead Jason. No, Baghead is referring to a pub, I think, in Glasgow. Look, I saw this last night and some of the details have faded out of my head because this movie either wants to explain everything or explain nothing. There's, like, no in between with this movie. But there's this pub. And of course, it's an end in the basement because it's always in the basement. There resides a witch, a witch of law, who always wears a bag on her head when you see her, and she is a shapeshifter who can take the form of a dead loved one if you feed her an object. Uh, yeah, this is, I know, this movie is sounding really familiar, uh, which I, movie I will get to. <laughs> Speaking to the dead. Um, as a party trick, I will, yeah, we'll be talking about maybe something else in relation to that. And if you happen to be, your name is on the lease of this uh, pub, you are in, you're her keeper. You have to make sure she stays in the basement because she has to stay in the basement. She is a very dangerous witch. What are the consequences of her leaving the said basement? Who knows? But that is the premise. Start with Peter Mullen, who is the keeper of Baghead, trying to end the curse 
he of course dies and his daughter Freya Allen now takes over signing a incredibly dodgy contract that looks like it's came out of something out of the Wonka movie uh that uh Wonka signed to get into indentured servitude if that's actually the plot of Wonka with some chocolate cartel it's this isn't going to be a Wonka review but that when you actually break down the plot of Wonka with Timothy Chalamet it's a weird ass movie anyway but we're going to get into a thing can I not talk about Baghead Baghead look there's a witch in a goddamn basement who's a shapeshifter usually with this kind of plot me and Baghead would be friends we would be hanging out on a Saturday night drinking gins and tonic having a wonderful time but not with this movie it is kind of a collection of tropes that I've been noticing over horror for the last couple of years, which is actually what I really want to talk about with this review. Because it, the, even though I think these trends actually started before 2020 in the pandemic, I think the pandemic really kind of brought these into focus because if you are only shooting with a only limited cast, limited crew, th these kind of things, then what else than a horror movie or a slasher or a ghost story, a gothic ghost story? It is kind of the perfect fit for this kind of genre. So we're seeing more and more of them. Now, of course, when I'm talking about these tropes, there are obviously examples that are going to completely disprove this theory. Anything Ty West or Brandon Cronenberg have made in the last couple of years absolutely will disprove everything because even though Pearl was made during the pandemic, actually, same with X, these are feel much more like expansive movies, even though they only ever have like a very, very small cast and was filmed in New Zealand. The two weeks didn't have, co uh, had zero COVID cases. So yeah, but what I really want to do is talk about this kind of haunted curse kind of movies that feel like they all should be found footage but they're not found footage but have the plot of a found footage movie if that makes sense i think my biggest problem with baghead is the fact that you can tell it was a short film there is so much i mean this movie is only 90 minutes but yet there is so much padding in it a lot of people just wandering around in the dark uh this is again a big trend um with the horror movies in the last few years i think i may need this to blame on lights out uh michael doherty's to I think 2016 where everything's just in darkness this is because it's easy to do cheap effects it's meant to kind of give easy scares because you never know what's in the corner hereditary does this but ari aster uses this to greater effect especially because tony collette is usually crawling is crawling on the ceiling and you can miss her and when you do see her it is an incredibly terrifying thing so it is just a lot of these scenes where nothing happens and you're in darkness with sort of a character with a mobile phone with a torch on, even though they're in a pub with electricity, no one ever turns on the light. And this is becoming more and more of a trope because these things hide in darkness and kind of live in darkness. Um, Boogeyman from, was it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, no, I'm only in February. Does this crime to a full effect also, this movie, as I said, explains everything overly or explains nothing. Um, there are two exposition dumps in the movie that do not forward any kind of plot or any kind of narrative in any way. They are literally just shoved in, literally characters turning to camera and explaining. 
you're either telling you information you kind of already gathered or they literally tell you a piece of information that only really is explained to the audience. It's like Inspector when Christoph Waltz turns to the camera and goes, I am Blofeld and you know what he's talking about, but James Bond doesn't. It's kind of the reverse. It's explaining something to the audience that a character, the character that who's getting this piece of information is kind of meaning actually both characters who are getting a kind of mean, meaningless duel at the end it's trying to do that thing because it's set in the dark it's overly reliant on jump scares which i'm gonna have to blame my <laughs> beloved james one for this because that's what the conjuring was that's what insidious is but i will say james one knows how to do this effectively so it actually works i mean the freaking photo of patrick wilson of the first insidious with that demon behind it Beautifully affected. I don't think movies uh, know how to do that pacing on. They just think if I have enough kind of screaming at you, loud music, everything like that. So Baghead didn't not work for me, which is sad because it is, and I don't want to bag on it, <laughs> bag on it too much because it is a very low budget movie. It's doing its best. It's trying something different, as I said. Shapeshifting witch in a basement in an old British pub. This should be a glorious hammer thing, but it's never quite, it never quite rises to the occasion. And it sucks because again, shapeshifting witch in basement, it's a cool idea, but I just don't think that the people working behind it were able to really um, build upon the short film. Now, I haven't seen the short film, but it you can, as I said, you can tell this is a short film. So when I got home and I was kind of a little bummed about it, so I decided to watch a, another movie that I had heard was notoriously bad, but I was actually one of the first people who actually liked the original. Of course, going back to, as I said, the Conjuring universe, that is The Nun. What did you see? Last year, it's rentable everywhere, pretty much. So if you want to watch The Nun 2, go ahead. Okay, compared to Baghead, I liked The Nun 2 better, but which is weird because there's actually not an actor in it that I actually like. Uh, of course, this was uh, directed by Michael Chavez. It stars uh, Tessa Farmega, who I, she is not Vera. I'm sorry. It's... I mean, actually, no, I lie. I did have Storm Reed, who I really do like from Invisible Man and Searching, uh, which Searching's really um, <clears throat> underrated, given nothing to do. And 
given nothing to do. Um, I actually do like Bonnie um, Aarons, who plays the nun. I think she has a really cool look. Actually, this has a lot of the same issues that Baghead does. And I think it's using, again, these tropes of wandering around in the dark so often. Again, this is in the 19, in the 1950s. Taser Famega uh, is, again, on the hunt for the nun, who is now terrorizing her way around Europe. Actually, to be fair, I was kind of on the nun side in this movie. Let the nun be the nun. She's kind of awesome. She just wants a relic. Just let her do her thing. I mean, Taser is, I, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm sorry if it's wrong. I mispronounced everything. But yeah, it does have that central problem of too many people wandering around in the dark. And so, so, it's the end. As much as annoying as a jump scare is at every moment, the anticipation of one is even worse. Now, to be fair, I was jumping in Baghead because I'm a wuss when it comes to jump scares. They work on me every single time, even though I know when they're coming. And there's something just about the loud music, the sudden thing on screen, and I'm like, ah! even though it, when it's kind of lame, like it is in Nantu and uh, in Baghead. When you make, these are both gothic movies. When you're making something gothic, the atmosphere is important and both these movies are trying for atmosphere but it is but you also need the characters to fill up the space if you are and i think my favorite gothic so these kind of examples of the movies i'm about to talk about which i think are actually really good they all have really strong characteristics both movies are I mean, in the first Nun, it literally turns into the Goonies at the end, which I was not upset about. I mean, my beloved the Pope's Exorcist is also about a basement because it's always in the basement. I mean, so, so yeah, so both movies kind of have that thing of they don't particularly want to go for the gore, which I think can be used when they don't have the story um, or anything like all the characters or the atmosphere. But this movie, the both movies never really get to the scary nun or the scary witch it's kind of tepid and you're just sitting in darkness going can someone please turn on a light bulb both of you and parents where you have the light bulbs why aren't you turning on a light bulb it's right there seriously um so yeah again look i didn't hate the nun too it was actually kind of a little bit better than baghead so what am i gonna say now <laughs> this collection of tropes that i'm trying to muddle through the darkness there's something in the basement the whole point of Baghead is they're talking to the dead. Grief. And as I said, talking to the dead was actually done really well last year in a movie called Talk to Me, um, which I have done a, a review on singing its praises by the Filippo brothers, uh, Danny and Michael. It really, look, this idea was already made in 2017, so I'm not going to say they copied it, but it, look, I had talked to me in my brain this whole idea of people really doing something self-destructive. Now with Talk To Me, you're following Sophie Wolf's journey as she is completely self-destructing. With Freya's ca character, I didn't know what who she was, why she was wanting the... It gives you a very brief idea of why she constantly wants the money, why she's charging to for this one person, one person to go see the baghead. Uh, she's a kind of a plucky orphan character, but you never understand her shifts in personality. In Talk to Me, 
that is set up from the get-go. Something is in Sophie Wolf that is now being brought out. I mean, Talk to Me is like the ultimate dare movie or scared straight movie. It is like an amazing drug analogy of party drugs and self-destruction and keep doing things that feel good in the moment that are bad for you. When there's a better movie that had come out and then another lesser movie, it's hard not to make those comparisons. Like another movie that I kept thinking about, especially when you're going into basements, when you really shouldn't be going into basements and trying to have those twists that kind of throw up and everything. Of course, Barbarian that came out in 2022, directed by Zach Kreger. This is, a, though, when you were talking about how each ship, there's an introduction of a new character. There is, by the way, go see barbarian i barbarian is so freaking cool yeah every time there's a new twist or a shift in focus you're focusing on a new character barbarian also has a point it is not all not all horror movies have something to say but it this one definitely does it is woman in a when you can't when you're staying in a isolated place and you don't trust the guy who is there what is or even how men treat anonymous women or who they feel are anonymous to them or they treat an anonymous in one particular moment so they can hurt them. Um, and it kind of builds it builds from there with each actor. It just kind of ramps it up. And also about um, urban decay because it's set in Detroit and all those kind of things. And it's a really cool, funny, berserk movie that every single twist kind of upends it. But when you're watching that, you're in joyful, not kind of like what Baker's does and what the movie Argyle, which came out this year, February, not a good month. It's, or even Force of Nature, again, tries to do that constantly. Actually, no, Force of Nature just keeps trying to add flashbacks and went, really shouldn't, what, why are we having Aaron Fogg flashbacks? What is the point? No point. We're just there. It is, there's a kind of a point to it in a building, but when you're just having twist for twist's sake, it's kind of lame and doesn't go anywhere. And so once the initial, oh, that happened, and then nothing comes from it. So as I was sort of saying, these kind of trends happened, really started to ramp up during things. So the pandemic, of course, one of the most famous ones to be made in 2020 when there was a pandemic and there were right, how do we use Zoom to make a movie with host? Now, this is a movie that is all the weird noises, big bangs, kind of weird music, and people literally talking on screens. Now, this is not the first movie to do that. I mean, there's found footage movies with friend request and all those kind of things, how, how even searching, which isn't a horror movie, but a really good way of using found footage and technology. So they make host. And that is kind of what it is, but it was made out of necessity. And I kind of think this trend is kind of carrying everyone's in the dark. This trend is kind of carrying on more than it's welcome when, People just using the tropes without any thought behind it. Now, I like Host. Um, actually, this guy also did uh, Boogie Van, uh, which I did not love, even though it has Christmasina. Again, fell flat. Everything's in the dark. It's just about the noise. It's just that spooky thing in the corner. And again, this trend is running out of steam when you're not doing anything interesting with it. Um, unlike another 20... Was this 20? Yeah, it was 2020. So this was actually made before the pandemic. Relic, another great Australian movie. Natalie Erica James, finally getting there, which is a really great. Now, this is kind of, we are still in the trend of horror is a metaphor for grief and sadness and a decaying house and mold and something that's not right with the house is a metaphor for um, dementia. 
and Alzheimer's. Robin Nevin is playing a woman who is, whose brain is deteriorating and you have Emily Mortimer, Mortimer and Bella Heathcote trying to take care of her and there's something in the house that's not right. That's actually a really good movie, but that was made because that is on the heels of the trend of, which I think these movies are trying to do, of Hereditary and, of course, the most famous, Hayden Gilbert, the wonderful Hayden Gilbert, of a guest of Shock and Awe, Past, Future and Pre- Present, likes to say that it was Jennifer Kent that invented horror with the Babadook. Uh, there's something in the basement, absolutely, and his name is the Babadook, and we are friends. And we do, in fact, enjoy a gin and tonic. We, look, I don't actually have a basement, but the Babadook comes over, we hang. We're, we're, we're good buds. That is a movie where the monster and the basement and is a metaphor for grief, stress, single parent. I don't want to be a parent. My kid is weird. My kid is also affected by this death. How do we work it out? Again, these, again, that grief trend. I mean, I, spoilers, guest is coming up and I was like, okay, yeah, grief works here, but why isn't it working in these movies now where I'm just like rolling my eyes every single time I see someone sad. Now, to be fair, talk to me like uh, Baghead is trying to upend that trend a little bit. Talk to me is so much more successful in that. You do have the appearance of someone who was grieving, but it's about something else. This one, it kind of falls flat because nothing is ever really brought to us logical conclusion. It's just kind of flat and meh. But no, I think... <sighs> I don't, I think you could probably find about 16 other examples before Babadook, but I'm going to say Babadook is the ground zero for this. It is kind of an incredibly influential movie. I don't think you get anything like Relic. I don't think even uh, Talk to Me, I think is very influenced by Babadook as in this unexplained specter that is hanging around and it's this big metaphor, but done really, really well. Host is kind of the mixture of Babatook and Host. It kind of Host was made not of necessity, but a but the director Rob Savage. Rob Savage saw an opportunity of I can make a movie through Zoom. Let's do it, and it is actually effective. So I think when you have those two movies in horror, you start to see these trends. It's like Get Out came out. It was like oh horror needs a metaphor. Horror's always had a metaphor. You don't have to manufacture a metaphor. A horror movie can just be a horror movie like Host. Um though it is made during a pan- the pandemic about the pandemic uh and it kind of adds this added layer of post post traumatic stress and this time that was so unique and people were doing everything over Zoom including a séance that went wrong which is what Host is about. Horror movies have always been trend-focusing. They have always, what is the next point of exploitation? And the fact that we are getting movies about haunted nuns and witches is something that I should be loving. And I don't think last year there were... Usually my top 10 of a year is filled with multiple horror movies. It's usually about half. Last year it wasn't. Mainly because my my favourite horror movies wasn't... is actually going to release this year. But there wasn't. And I think it's because we at the end of this cycle. So we need we need another big thing to really reboot horror and go, okay, so like when a scream came out in 96, or when a nightmare in Elm Street came out in 84, or when a Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in 74. There are these big movies that kind of reinvent or Halloween in 1978. 
there are these movies that sort of horror movies that come out that make people go bing right we can maneuver that now that is like every single genre but i think we are seeing the i not to say there isn't interesting horror movies coming out I, as I said, my beloved Pope's Exorcist, which is using all these trends again, but it has Russell Crowe on a Vespa getting drunk and my beloved Alex Esso making a lot of concerned faces. It, and it has Franco Nero as the Pope. I mean, I mean, this movie is about the Spanish Inquisition, guys. I mean, it is so delightfully stupid, but it knows what it is, but yet it is serious. And even if it's not scary, you kind of love Russell Crowe. That is what you should be doing when you're making a horror movie, actually. I don't care if it, it doesn't need Russell Crowe-esque charisma. It just needs that kind of something else. And I think we are at the tail end of this particular genre. How about making a movie with light? I don't know. It's probably harder. I mean, it's easy to film in the dark, but I would like to see horror movies and my favorite horror movie of this year which was my favorite horror movie of last year is very brightly brightly lit and it is awesome late night with the devil uh spoilers that movie hides nothing and it's glorious so yeah i think this is it the nun 2 and baghead are kind of examples at that we are at the tail end which every genre has now these the other ones in the past like Evil 669 or 666 um, or the every single movie that was re- re- released in like 1992. We did actually get Candy Band, so that is the thing. But when you see we're at a tail end and they're kind of floundering because there's nothing new they can do with the genre, something new comes out. And I think we're at that point where we need that something new. Now I could five years time go back and watch Baghead and The Nun 2 and go, you know what? I kind of like these. These are dumb, but I appreciate, or I like the tropes because I miss the tropes. At the moment, I'm over these tropes. And I, this, I'm in, should be in heaven. This is gothic. This is demon. This is ghosts. All the things that I tend to love in a horror movie. As I said, I want to be friends with Baghead. I think we'd get on. It's just Baghead in this movie's kind of lame. So I'm going to end this ramble by saying, you know what? Go see Baghead. It's still a friggin' shape-shifting witch in a basement. Um, just don't expect too much. Uh, the Nun 2, even could watch The Nun 2. I mean, yeah, it's kind of boring, which I think is the biggest crime a horror movie can, any movie, but especially a horror movie can commit. But if not, go watch friggin' Brandon Cronenberg and Ty West horror movies that were made from 2020 because they're interesting. They're inventive. I mean... Even if I don't love all of them, they're doing something completely different and they are brightly lit. Like they're daytime horror, which actually, yes, my request is daytime horror. Can we please bring back daytime horror? I would like to let the light in. And with that, I will end this uh, ramble. Yeah, I'll be back. I've got a few things I'm working on for the reviews, so hopefully I can get them done. We will be back with another quickie review. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) 